0: Hello and welcome to Disambiguous. My name is Jake Batchelor.
1: And I'm Sam Helms and this is Disambiguous.
0: We have scoured Wikipedia to bring you some of our favorite things that we have found on the disambiguation of some topics that we are going to weave into a narrative here for you in the coming time. So thank you for joining us and I will go ahead and start with my first topic. So I'm very excited here to share this. Uh, this yeah, is
1: a we- Weave into a narrative. I don't know about that
0: one. <laughs> well, it is going to be a, like a lot of floating stones on a pond. Uh, you are going to come with us on a journey and jump from uh, stone to stone. stone get onto to the, stone. Other, uh, the other end of the pond. And Hopefully with
1: the, with the goal of leaving more enlightened, more enlightened in, as an individual.
0: Right. We want you to take away some information. We want to have some laughs. I hope this adds as a bit of a spice to your to your life. Something that you would have not encountered otherwise if you had not heard it from here. So and if you have heard of it before, uh, please call in. And we wanna hear everyone just email and call in and just correct us on all the mistakes that we make. So that would that's that's our goal, is we're trying to get a lot of we're trying to get a lot of people to come and correct us. That's secretly our... The art.
1: goal is, yeah, the goal is to hear other people say we are, we are wrong as many times as we can.
0: If we don't, after the first five episodes, get a huge crowd saying, you are wrong, and just, like, every... we get, like, a huge, like, list in front of us, similar to, to uh, a Santa's list outside of our house, um, I'm gonna be very disappointed. It's would sad. And you
1: don't want that. It's it's the holidays.
0: It is the holidays. It's the day after Christmas. Regardless of what you celebrate, we are happy that you're here. Uh, Even if this is the middle of June and you're listening to this. Very happy that you're here. So, yeah, let's take it away. Uh, First thing I'm going to talk about and to let you in on what Disambiguous is about is we take a topic that we love and we find the connections through disambiguation via Wikipedia, the fantastic service that is not serviced enough not wikipedia but the disambiguation because there are a lot of threads that follow in one topic to another so we're gonna talk i'm gonna be talking about jazz today So what do you know about jazz
1: jazz is great i think it was brian gosling's character sebastian (laughs) in la la land who saved jazz
0: really saved
1: jazz from the posers the john legends you seen that
0: movie i have not seen that movie so these this is going a little bit over my head can you give me just like a one sentence summary of la la land for those I mean, it has to be spoiler free because if you spoil it then we're gonna lose no if we, la gonna, la la land we spoil well. it
1: then people will get mad at us and we
0: won't. <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead and if you can all right give me the most spoiler la la land okay yeah, yeah so, <laughs> in one so, sentence the most spoilers so of la la uh, la la land.
1: emma stone's character i forget her name um gosh she she's like a coffee shop worker she goes to this party and meets Sebastian Ryan Gosling she Wow meets Ryan Gosling and they hit it off and they fall in love and beautiful a tumultuous relationship in the end uh, uh, they both go their separate ways to, to uh, pursue their dreams and then they marry other people
0: Wow I'll, round of applause, Sam. That's really great. Oh, there's, uh, you j- spoil- there's jazz
1: in there somewhere around there. So.
0: <laughs> music, music is a part of it at some point. It's a musical. It's a musical. So the whole thing is wrapped up nice and tight with a bow, and it's it's all musical.
1: For those who don't know what a musical is, it's like an opera.
0: <laughs> it's like an opera, although people use their hands and whatever other things that they use to play the instruments rather than their mouths.
1: Yeah,
0: there's dancing. There's
1: dancing. So let me just... I, I gotta retry that summary again. Sure. So Ryan Gosling is in traffic.
0: Yes. Wow. And Emma Stone is in traffic. Yes. They're in
1: the same traffic. Yes. And then they fall in love, and then they marry other people.
0: Wow! Huge jump there. I feel like, and from the beginning to the end. Thank you, Sam. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. I, we're gonna need to run. We're gonna need to bring you back for some more cinema. Cinema time. Yeah. So um, you
1: wouldn't be having happened. You wouldn't be talking about the jazz. Um, Oh, I know what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, now I you know, know what I'm talking, talking about. about. Yeah. So I'm talking about jazz, uh, the music, but Sam also has alluded to the next thing um, that I'm going to be talking about. So jazz itself, we have to give a huge, huge thank you to the African-American community as during when a bunch of people that were African-American came over um, to the United States via slavery, they uh, really, really, really brought with them. A uh, really rich musical tradition that uh was during the times of prohibition really came out as jazz but it has an extremely long history that i'm not going to get to talk about and
1: no, we're uh, going to talk about
0: cups we're going to talk about cups <laughs> we are going to talk about cups absolutely yeah no we're, we we can't we can't spend a lot of time with the music history uh it's extremely rich uh it means pep and energy back in the day uh and jazz, jazz is something that's really improvisational it's all, it speaks really a lot to uh the freedom to yeah. do improvisation uh during music my mom hates jazz i will put this out here my mom jazz. very much dislikes jazz it's nothing against she just doesn't like that it's so it it has so much energy that just moves throughout that's what really attracts me to it
1: yeah uh sure, kenny g yes change your tune there
0: i'll show her, I, I don't know who kenny i'll show her kenny G and we'll, we'll see if that shakes up her life uh and so jazz at one point uh was used so as you know rumors are really powerful when we talk about uh ways to dissuade people from doing something or getting people to buy in you know conspiracy theories uh, it says here that the new york times reported that siberian villagers use jazz to scare away bears. And they'd use, they'd actually use pots and pans. And then one person died. A celebrated conductor did jazz, and then died of a fatal heart attack. Jazz
1: killed him.
0: Jazz killed him. I think if, if so, there's a lot of ways to perish. Um, on, as unfortunate as that is, I would like to go out in music. I think either like a a, re, a dance, a, uh, to to you go spend out? my last moments dancing, or in a song would be enriching to say the least of my life.
1: Well, yeah, like, I mean, I want to go out when I'm playing some music on stage in the pyrotechnics malfunction.
0: <laughs> you want to go out in a pyrotechnics malfunction? That would be excellent. Would you Would you just be playing through it as everyone was escaping on the stage?
1: Yeah, so the, py- the, the, the flame cannon would fall. <laughs> this is how it would happen. It would fall towards me and then go off at the big moment, the big climax of the song. And I would be incinerated. But like a phoenix, I would rise from the ashes because... I've heard that's what happens.
0: You've heard that's what happens. I yeah, I I can concur from from my experiences of people that have gone in flame cannon accidents with musical performances involved. That's you just go up in this huge cinder of permanent ash that, that hangs in the area.
1: Then they wouldn't need to buy confetti.
0: <laughs> they would just permanently have <laughs> have. They would just be called Sam's Sam's final performance, and it would be it would be boxed up to Central Markets. I love that. Let's talk about cups. Let's talk about let's talk about the cups, because you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. So there's this beautiful '90s design uh, that is considered '90s kids. Only '90s kids will remember this. Is the <laughs> design that is a teal, a teal like a bunch of teal lines that are jumping looks like,
1: diagonally. Looks like a big fat teal crayon. <laughs> it was like squiggled on a white background.
0: Yes, and. and, and
1: Thinner purple crayon.
0: I am so glad that you know. I didn't even have to talk about the purple. So the purple was added. So there's a battle that happened here. This is a battlegrounds for some, like, intellectual properties. So G- this person named Gina Ekis Ek- and Stephanie Miller, they straight up fought um, for whose who's this was. So Stephanie Miller put the blue on, the teal, and she was like, this is mine. This is for a contest. And this is totally mine. And then, gina came in and she was like i actually did this so it's a little bit of a confusing conundrum of who really perfected this i do want to go on to say
1: yeah it sounds like a kindergarten little coral
0: it does sound like a kindergarten little coral sam you were a little bit in graphic design how do you how do you feel if somebody would take your piece it's kind of like a little edison edison versus
1: tesla
0: tesla is that right yeah um Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, look, if something as beautiful as jazz comes out of this kind of theft, I'm all for it. The arts are more important than my personal feelings. Um, No, but wait, wait, go back to, how did this come about? What contest was it for? I'm confused.
0: Yeah, so they had a, so she's a graphic designer and... Who? Which one? Stephanie Miller was a graphic designer and... She so of course, the most muckraking website, the website that came out with the truth, Reddit in 2015, you know that you find a lot of truth on Reddit. journalism. hard-hitting journalism. you know, real crack. From the University of Reddit in 2015, uh, there was uh, a huge debate on where this came from because it got sensationalized when a bunch of Tumblr users um, used it on automobiles, shoes, bicycle helmets, tattoos, nail art. I like to think that that's in construction. Like, you know, like Yes. <laughs> like yeah, like
1: just there's, putting these nails into wooden beams like um. You know, no one will ever see this purple and teal nail, but <laughs> I know it's there.
0: Uh, and they called them jazz cups because it's on the
1: cups now. And all this happened during the the 90s.
0: This did happen during the 90s. Yeah, and it was it was called jazz. It was they were called jazz cups. Because the person had charcoal in their hand, and they're just messing around. They like what they came up with, so they literally just like offered themselves to the muses. They were like, "I offer myself and my services to just, just give me something, give me something cool," uh, and they didn't realize that it would become a cup design. To go around, actually, to get back to your original question, how do they
1: meet the muses?
0: I like to think that they had to enter some sort of trance, uh, particularly around using uh, tea. I think tea is a very way to get entranced. Uh, As well as they might have covered their entire body with the charcoal. So where were they when they drank the tea? Uh, It says that she was in college, but I don't know that college is conducive to uh, cup designs. I think that unless it was specifically a college where many cup designers had come before i think he i think she might have been in college but she might have had to go on a road trip to some to some place actualization right. road trip yeah yeah I so, it. Okay, okay i got it you got it yeah heck yeah that's i'm i'm glad that we're on the same page about uh that she had to really go on a life journey to get this cup design and it's something it is something sacred it looks
1: some, looks like something sacred
0: it, it's it something does. It's something that stayed in the hearts and minds of all 90s kids. Sam, what are some, what are some 90s kids things that you uh, are reticent about that you would think only 90s kids will remember this?
1: Um, something that only 90s kids will remember is Nirvana. <laughs>
0: what about Nirvana,
1: Sam? Uh, the songs, you know, the culture, the <laughs> flannels. No one really remembers that kind of thing anymore.
0: What, 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 what does it suggest that we've departed from Nirvana?
1: Um, you know, it's just so 90s. You know, the, the, the essence of the 90s is never going to uh, come back, except for in Portland, Oregon. But, but,
0: uh, but anyway, I think Portland, Oregon, is a place of pilgrimage for young people. I actually, I think that if you are, if you are atheist, um, or if you are somebody it's who like is the atheist mecca, I think it, I think it is the atheist mecca. I really want to go there as no, a I've young person. Yeah, I want to, because I feel like there's roller skates there. I don't know why. I've watched a lot of Portlandia. I think that's given me this skewed vision that Portland, uh, they also, yeah, I, I would just like to go to Portland. Like, it sounds like it's an area that's a bit rainy, but you know, a little, little mud no, never killed anybody. They have the Everglades up there. That's yes, they cool. Do. They that do. Would, that would be wonderful to go they have up the there. the Pacific. <laughs> the whole ocean. <laughs> they have the
1: Pacific, and it's, yeah, it's up, it's up there. They're, they're over by Canada too. Yeah
0: on by canada as well yeah on the east coast
1: anyway yeah so nirvana um
0: silly bands silly bands only 90s kids well. only the wiggles the wiggles um i feel like the wiggles president clinton yeah president clinton yeah <laughs> president clinton is in the 90s he did he did take office in the 90s sam do you have anything about um presidents that we might be able to get into speaking of speaking of, of presidents. clinton Speaking of President Clinton, Clinton.
1: this uh, article is from a Wikipedia page called George H.W. Bush vomiting incident. Wow. Yeah, so it happened on uh, January 8th, 1992 was the titular incident. (laughs) Uh, uh, George H.W. Bush was attending a banquet hosted by the Prime Minister of Japan, Kichi Miyazawa.
0: Oh, he was in Japan.
1: Yeah, Bush was in Japan.
0: Oh no, he was not on. He was on foreign soil. He really, he really. Oh no, I had actually not heard of this at all. So please continue. I no don't one has to know. really.
1: Only yeah. I have and a few others. Yeah. Probably the author of this article and that's it. Um. George, George H. W. Bush, he was in a twelve a twelve day trade trip to Asia and the Pacific to discuss readjusting the U.S. economic relations and policies. To represent the end of the Cold War. Okay. So it's like a, you know, he's traveling traveling around. He's doing some very important adjusting work. Adjusting, uh, you know, economic policies. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Cold War is over. Everyone is celebrating. Yeah, So
0: we're on the warm. We're in the warm season now. Yeah, so on January 8th, hot.
1: the day of the incident. Yeah. Oh God, the day of the incident. Earlier. <laughs> let's say like 10 a.m.,
0: I don't know. <laughs> when midnight struck, it was like the day of the incident. It's like this huge title card, I imagine.
1: Um, so he played... A doubles tennis match with the Emperor of Japan and his son, the I mean, crown prince, sports. Naruhito. And I don't know who Bush's teammate was, but...
0: You wanna take a guess? I have no idea. Maybe I mean, his wife? I would like Barbara. to- I would love to say his wife, yeah. Probably. That would be cool.
1: Yeah. So, um, so that's, you know, he was getting all active, probably sweaty. Mm-hmm. Um, probably had to like, you know, put one of those white cloths to his forehead to get the sweat off.
0: Uh, that's cursed you actually shouldn't do that in terms of like it doesn't bestow some sort of curse on you but from, from basic thermodynamics from what I understand you gotta let the sweat hang so it can leave unless you're in a really high humidity climate and even then if you do that it's gonna dehydrate your body a lot more cause I did that a ton when I was yeah. traveling abroad well you're also
1: gonna be hotter just because the sweat's not gonna have to, not gonna have a chance to evaporate off you that's yes. what it's supposed to do
0: mhm yeah. what
1: an idiot that guy
0: was a fool a fool when it came to taking care of his uh, yeah anyway body um, as unfortunate that as... night
1: that evening so he went to the banquet 135 diplomats were present
0: <laughs> oh no oh no
1: and it was at the, the prime minister's residence the prime minister of japan whose name yeah it was uh, uh, Kichi Miyazawa um so uh, he was scheduled to give her a at the dinner and president Bush was but he fainted in his chair between the second and third courses, and vomited into the lap of the Prime Minister.
0: Wow! I don't know how that handled for foreign affairs. Is there fallout from that, or is that does it build up to that and leave us to guess what happened, and why we have taken such a strong stance against weebs? So- Against people that love- The Cold War ended? Yes. And the
1: warm, wet war began.
0: <laughs> he- it was the- it was the hurl that was hurled around the world. <laughs> yeah. It's a world hurl. Don't like that. I don't like it either. Oh, it's an important part of our history to remember though, <laughs> it that. that
1: one of the highlights of the '90s, really. And, <laughs>
0: only '90s you know, kids will forget the
1: effects of the effects of this event cascaded and are still being felt today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but uh, his wife rushed
0: over to him and held a napkin to his mouth until the Secret Service took over. I would. I need to know what the Secret Service does when. Oh, a cat
1: just entered the room.
0: Yeah, we now have. Uh, that was a
1: dramatic entrance.
0: Yeah, Bursted through the ceiling.
1: Anyway, um, yeah, his ceiling been, the being the Secret wall. Service had to uh, come come and take over.
0: I want to <laughs> know what the Secret Service does when someone throws up. Like, what is their procedure? Like, what are they are they getting people? Are they getting liquids on that person? Like, are they trying to like IV them and rehydrate them? Is there a stunt double that comes Here, in? I, I have the answer. You do?
1: Yes, his personal physician came <sighs> to him. While he was on the ground, and he regained consciousness, and he said, "Quote, roll me under the table until the dinner's over."
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, he so so shocked and so embarrassed. He didn't he didn't even want to be present in the moment.
1: Yeah. So apparently, I mean, this this article said he quipped he quipped that, so he's probably just joking.
0: Oh, that was a, that was was a, a good a quip. Good humor. He just, like, people were concerned, like, shocked faces, and then he did that, just boom. Everyone's faces, a giant muscle relaxing across the room.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a big sigh of relief. Um, yeah, and then, you know, that's basically the whole story. Wow. Later, later, um, oh, oh, First Lady Bush, you know, his wife Barbara, gave the speech in place of him that night. And she said, I can't explain what happened to George because it never happened before. But I'm beginning to think that it's the ambassador's fault.
0: Didn't no she didn't. She did
1: say that. Oh, no, it was a joke though, because here in brackets it says laughter.
0: Oh, okay. Who was laughing?
1: Probably the audience of 135 diplomats.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What jokesters? What little what, what joke jokesters? And what jokesters that what jokesters in that night they, in college. You know
1: what jokesters and warmongers they were. <laughs>
0: we're gonna get in trouble for that yeah, uh politics. yeah gotta <laughs> yeah they i'm surprised uh i'm very I'm, I'm i'm proud for her for the wife just for stepping up to the to the plate that was excellent that's very smooth by her to to step up first lady, she was supported by a team though
1: yeah first yeah she was supported but she was there she was the first one on the scene there's a big you know all this, all this talk of first responders, and she was the first first responder.
0: What is your puke protocol, Sam? If you're not feeling, if you're feeling queasy, where do you got go to go? I always, to... I always
1: puke in the nearest prime minister's lap.
0: <laughs> I mean, that definitely sets a tone for the rest of the evening, much as we can see it in in the Bush, the Bush example. It, I, yeah, wow. I mean, this this opens my eyes to why we have the feelings that we do about Japan in terms of uh anime not being something that is loved and worshipped um i know i was watching
1: i was watching an anime yep movie it was a movie studio ghibli ghibli
0: yeah you got it
1: yeah i'm gonna say both just to anger both
0: (laughs) (laughs) to bring to bring wrath upon you from everyone well what all right subs or dubs sam do you like to watch subtitles underneath or do you like to have the voices replaced by actors voice actors i like to hear
1: familiar i like to hear the familiar american actors that i know
0: i'm gonna destroy you now
1: Uh, no because you know you know jim halpert isn't one of them no he's not yeah yeah, what's his name john gosinski wow he plays one of the characters anyway this is beyond beyond
0: this is beyond yeah this is pushing beyond the confines of what we're already even going for
1: but yeah those um those repercussions that i was talking about it's the stigma against anime that's still felt today. That's the repercussions of this event. Yeah. Anyway.
0: I can um, tell. I can tell. I'm, I mean, I would be angry if my v- lap was vomited into. Maybe if the person was letting me know ahead of time and I just accepted it.
1: Yeah, he probably would have, you know, worn plastic pants or something.
0: <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been a fantastic stylistic choice. I would have loved that revolution in fashion. That plastic pants.
1: Prime Ministers should be more willing to get puked upon. That's all I'm gonna say. That's my last comment on the topic.
0: Let's Um, let that, yeah, let's let it ride. All right, so my second disambiguation for today is, we're talking about Eels. What do you know about Eels, Sam?
1: I know that that there's a song by Eels in the movie Shrek 2, I believe.
0: What is that song?
1: It's called, I Need Some Sleep. (laughs) I I don't know, you know.
0: The Eels, the band.
1: It's just called Eels the Band. Eels. Eels. And now, I don't think that's what you're going to be talking about, though.
0: I will be talking about... Unfortunately, it's not. I would like to take everyone's time and recognize that Shrek is one of the best films that was ever made in terms of uh, women that are radical. Fiona rocks that title. She's pretty cool. I feel like I would like to go ATVing with Fiona. I feel like she would tear it up. Even though she doesn't know what an ATV is, she would still rock and roll. Yeah, she would. (laughs) Okay, so... We're talking about eels, and eels are... I really like eels because they can shock stuff. You know about that?
1: Yeah, something about shocking electricity.
0: Yeah, so they have this huge, chunky organ in their body that is a bunch of like stacks of coils that have... I'm just, I'm just blown away by this that I kind of had to pause there for a Fear moment. In awe. That's yeah, that's potassium weird. and sodium, and they just blast it, and then, it, like, everything nearby gets zap, zaparoonied. I like to, I like to think that eels are cool because they figured out, like, how electricity works before us. And I wish I
1: had that organ so I could just, like, heat stuff up without using a microwave.
0: That would be really, really cool. I don't know if it uses a lot of their energy or not, but yeah, you just, like, take your limb whatever limb it's located in and just hover it over whatever.
1: Even if it did take like a ton of my energy, it'd be worth it. Just to get some popcorn. <laughs> I'd be like, oh man, I gotta sit down, but I have this bag of popcorn You're with me. It's nice and warm.
0: Yeah. Being able to have snack foods whenever is I, I'm very big proponent of fanny packs. If you are if you are not if you were brave enough to take that as a fashion item, perfect for snacks. You can take snacks wherever you want. Sam? Do you think you will wear a fanny pack when you get older and you uh, allow your fashion to be more functional? I rather wear fanny than form. packs, I do. Right I do. now? Yes. Are you wearing one right now?
1: No, mm, uh, leave that up to the audience's imagination.
0: Alright, well I'll just enjoy it. Oh, thank you for bringing these snacks. Thank you for bringing these snacks. Anyway, so yeah, eels. I actually have a story about eels, but before we talk about that, we're going to talk about uh, Plastic Man. Do you know who Plastic Man is? No. Plastic Man is a DC hero, he's a rubber man, and he is also known as rubber man, but he's this guy, he actually has probably more of a powerful backstory than any superhero that I've heard in a while. Oh, he's a bad guy. Okay. He's a bo- he was a burglar, he a safe cracker, and then he fell in a vat of chemicals. So we're thinking like Joker origin story. And then he was helped by a monk, and then the monk said, "This is my monastery. You can't uh, get this man. You can't. It's protected by law. Okay, Everyone yeah, knows yeah, that like mon- monasteries theory. are neutral for law." Right. And they, uh, this man, this man who's nicknamed the Eel, he uh, realized that he was a rubber man, and he knew what he had to do. <laughs> I'm
1: so confused
0: he what what's the confusing part
1: is is he what's his name what's his name
0: it is full name patrick eel o'brien okay interesting okay cool i like his story discovered he's
1: rubber he's like his my whole life i never knew but i made rubber. the
0: chemicals brought out the rubberness however i think he he could have very well had flexibility in his earlier years and he might have been able to mold into any shape uh i like him a lot
1: so his powers are he can change he can mold
0: Yes, he can mold. He can mold into any rubbery stretch. shape. Yes, mm-hmm. it might be a bit of a stretch, but he can do it. Okay. Yeah, I really, yeah, I, I really like him because who, who like would take plastic and actually turn it into a power? I like that a lot. So, I I think they did a really good job with this art. Plastic
1: Plastic Man, and his sidekick or his wife Rubbermaid.
0: <laughs> actually, that would be yeah, a Rubbermaid would be uh, a hype. A very, I mean, they might, she might be coming out as a, as a secret here. I like the big wheel from Batman, honestly. Big wheel, you know, big wheel. (laughs) What are you talking about? The villain big wheel. It's a man in a giant wheel, and he's unstoppable. (laughs) Big wheel. That's it? Yeah, it's just a man in a big wheel with spikes on the end. But think about how unstoppable that is. (laughs) The wheel is the optimal shape, period. The wheel
1: wheel is really good.
0: The wheel is
1: is powerful.
0: The wheel, it's wheelie good. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank that's, you for that. Let's move I think on. I'm at my yeah. Well, I will talk about uh, while I was in while I was traveling abroad. There was a story about eels. So I went to Samoa to do a uh, Peace Corps service term, and we did learn about a origin story of eels, or not eels, but of the coconut tree. So I will go ahead and share Great. that right now. You can I bring see. your questions up front. Any questions? Bring them up up right now at the front because I want them. you
1: to. I'll save them for after.
0: All right. I'll expect at least two or three.
1: I'll give you
0: maybe one. All right. That's that's a fair middle road. So, there is this lady named Sita and she had this person that was very, very much in love with her and that person, I'm going to butcher this. So, I'm I apologize. If you want the full story, you'll need to go to Samoa and talk to someone who has an accurate account of the folk tales, but I will get the gist of it. So, I'll be paying for your flight. We can't—we'll put a dollar towards it. We'll put a dollar towards it. A, okay, Sam's saying no. That we, can't, we didn't budget for that either. i my head. All right, so. We do have some chickens in the background, if you are curious about what animals we have in the background. We might
1: bring them over to the microphone at the end.
0: <laughs> we might Stick let— Stick around
1: after the credits.
0: <laughs> we might very well integrate them into the cast. So. Sita. Sita had this person that loved her, and he was trying to follow her for a really long time, and what happened is while he was in the water once trying to watch her, because he, he had really good intentions, however, he was very, very interested, and she was not as interested. Uh, she, he was transformed into an eel when he was in the water. Yeah, and so he never got to express his feelings towards her, and he was watching her for a long time and so she's trying to get away from this eel and she's at the ocean and she sees the eel watching her and so she's out of there she's running she's she's breaking I would get out of there so she ran to the other side of the island the eel won't find me here eel finds her there
1: the eel swam around probably so
0: she's like okay I am going to go and go to the middle of the island Eel won't find me here she's, she's in a pond like a small pond lake area Boom, eel's there. Eel just walks,
1: walks over to her.
0: The eel like wants to talk to her but can't because it's an eel, but it doesn't know that it's an eel. Oh. So Sita then goes to the Matai, which are a social group that are very important in the decision making that is separate from the law of the land. So separate from the police that are in Samoa. It's like this group of elderly folks or people that are trusted to convey what the town or village needs. So she's going in there and she goes in in a very rude manner. She crosses in front of, uh, she sits at the very front of the Matai meeting um, because she is very distraught that this eel's following her and she brings it up. And the Matai give her the advice that she needs to kill this eel and they're going to condemn this eel.
1: I like these guys.
0: And yeah. So what happens is they they go and they get the eel uh, unfortunately, she figures out that the eel's just a very nice guy, and it's a guy that's kind of, kind of obsessed with her, so he's she... A
1: shooting, he's shooting his shot.
0: Yeah, and the eel figures this out, and the eel's finally able to figure out that it's an eel, so the eel talks to her and says, Listen, they're going to come kill me. What I want you to do is just bury my, bury my head when they get me and put it in the ground she's like okay i'll do this for you and she's like thank you so the guys get him the guys from the the village they they find the eel and they get it she's very very sad now that she's learned that this is just someone that really liked her and it was someone who had been cursed and she buries the head and a coconut grows out of it and so the two eyes the two the three holes in the coconut are the eyes and then the mouth of the eel so you give the eel a little kiss every time that you drink out of it <laughs> just like Sita did before she buried it
1: now here's my question yes is this an origin story for eels or for coconuts
0: this is an origin story for coconuts but the eel is integral to it because the eel is seen as this creature that is kind of slippery slimy i'm a very big eel advocate i'm actually going to say that eels are pretty great uh creatures in general i think they're co- my dad does not like snakes
1: hot take um write us email eel mail us if you eel-mail us if go you ahead and email us like uh give us your thoughts on eels.
0: I think they're important because they they eat a lot of fish and also they live in coves. I don't know that there's many cove dwelling creatures other than like the anglerfish. Um, so Ariel. I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> I cuz I don't know that that's I I've I don't know if Ariel exists.
1: Uh, if you think eels exist and you don't think Ariel exists, I feel bad for you.
0: You don't want to live in the world that I'm living in? I don't want
1: to live in your world. Your
0: all problem. right, Sam, what is your final thing for today? What is your final disambiguation for today? You're welcome. You're, that's free of charge. You don't, yeah, you yeah. can take that with you, put it in your pocket, and you might be able to even find I'm better fine. resources I'm so fine. I don't I'll be okay. misinterpret some of the pieces. I'll be okay. You think so? Yeah, I'll be You're fine. You're recover?
1: The Jimmy Carter rabbit incident. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, let's see what this is all about.
1: Uh, Here's the first line of the Wikipedia article. The Jimmy Carter rabbit rabbit incident, sensationalized as a killer rabbit attack by the press, involved a swamp rabbit that swam toward the president, Jimmy Carter, on a fishing boat in 1979. Um, So what happened was, he was, let's see, background. (laughs) Wow. Then we're in the background section of this article. Yeah,
0: this is getting, this is getting into deep lore about Jimmy and his life.
1: Alright, so President Carter was fishing in his hometown of Plains, Georgia on April 20th, 1979, alone in a flat bottomed boat while staff were on land nearby.
0: <gasps> wow, there's no one. I am very shocked that they're isolating the main character right away. This is.
1: I know. It's this a very bold choice. To an incredibly violent twist to, into our main character here. Oh, man. Carter said a rabbit was being chased by hounds, and it jumped in the water and swam toward my boat. <laughs> and this is not just like a, this is a swamp rabbit. It's, a, it's like a literal breed of rabbits. It's a yeah. swamp rabbit.
0: Yeah, when I was when I was in South Carolina, there was a swamp rabbit trail. So this is a very specialized rabbit for bog crossing.
1: Silvilligus aquaticus is the Latin term for this rabbit. Um, I don't want to cross paths no, no. with this. So it jumped in and it swam toward my boat. When he got almost there, I splashed some water with a paddle. And there you have it. That's the (laughs) rabbit incident.
0: Wow. Where was that violent twist that was coming? There was none. It was sensationalized. That was a sensationalization? Yeah. Wow. Here's
1: the thing, though. When he returned to his office, his staff did not believe his story, saying that rabbits could not swim or that one would never approach a person threateningly. So apparently Carter was afraid of this rabbit. Here, I have a picture for you. Here's the rabbit. This is
0: really good. Here's the rabbit. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is really good, uh, this is a great radio because everyone else can experience that. No, but I love that. I love the picture. I can't believe they had actually a picture of it, and it looks like the rabbit is treading water. It's got his head tilted all the way back, like the duck image, where it's either a duck or a rabbit, and then it has little, little front, little front feet just, just yeah. scooming around. There's Jimmy Carter. Look how close it got. and Jimmy Carter was afraid of it. Wow! It's easily, it's easily ten feet away.
1: It's yeah. So,
0: Jim, Jimmy, Carter, Jimbo.
1: I'd be more afraid of the fish in the water than the rabbit. I don't know what Jim was so afraid of this rabbit.
0: Yeah, because those fish, they, they, they own that water. They've been in that water for a long time, and they know, they know a sinkable vessel when they see one. So I don't know what Jimmy was freaking out about. That's, that's hilarious. Wow, Jimmy, what, what the heck? It sounds like. Other than, other than Teddy Roosevelt, there haven't been many presidents that have been too prone to animals. Like, they haven't been very, like, pro-animal, you know?
1: Yeah, I know. And Bill de Blasio has famously murdered the groundhog in New York. <laughs> we'll get to that another day. But, um, <laughs> now here's the thing. Okay, so, uh, uh, the president, President Carter's press secretary, Jody Powell, recounted the event seven years later
0: she brought it back
1: yeah wow in in oh dear sydney powell is a man oh sydney joe
0: wait a minute i apologize his name is
1: jody short for joseph
0: so there you go i I like jody's a great i didn't know that that was a male nickname i feel like i'm learning i'm learning a lot
1: anyway he wrote a book called the other side of the story and recounted this uh, this uh, incident and I quote from the book, Upon closer inspection, the animal turned out to be a rabbit. Not one of your cutesy Easter Bunny type rabbits, but one of those big splay-footed things we call swamp rabbits when I, grow up, when I grew up. The animal was clearly in distress or perhaps berserk. The president confessed to having had little experience with enraged rabbits. He wasn't unable to reach a definite conclusion about its state of mind. What was obvious, however, was that this large wet animal making strange hissing noises and gnashing its teeth was intent upon climbing into the presidential boat. Wow. And so, he did what he had to do. He defended himself with his oar.
0: <laughs> yeah, that he, he really uh, used that to tell that rabbit what's what. I like to think, though, that we almost just had an animal president then, right during the Carter administration. Because if that rabbit, it's unspoken law in the president's office. If you defeat them in a duel, like alexander hamilton when we go back there boom you get the spot you get to become the president
1: yeah this rabbit would have been a great commander-in-chief
0: i think so yeah because who's expecting that like i don't i think it's going to surprise people into the policy that it will unleash upon the world i'll tell
1: you one thing one thing i know for certain yes this rabbit would not have vomited into the japanese prime minister's (laughs) lap
0: (laughs) no it wouldn't have because you know what it would have not overeaten Rabbits know how much they need to eat. Right. Yeah, exactly. they would have not gotten sick. Yeah, so we're advocating for an animal president. You pick your favorite animal, and then we will begin to uh, pull that out and figure out which animal is the best to rule our nation. Right now, rabbit is in the running, so. Yeah. The
1: rabbit was in the – it was swimming.
0: The rabbit's <laughs> in the swimming. It, it's in the pool. swimming towards the boat. The pool's for the, for the election. I, I would be very happy with a rabbit president, just because I think it would force people to decide to <laughs> – it would force people to really think no, about how this no, how we got here. It'd be no more
1: divisive or confusing than, than our situation now. Yeah. In 2020.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, I think we're going to come to a close here. Sam, do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to say about our show? Or No, I,
1: I would just like to say thank you for listening. If you listened to this whole thing, to our inaugural episode, our very first episode, and... Do you want to bring the chickens in?
0: Uh, yeah. You wanna. You wanna. Yeah. You want me to grab. So we're going to. Yeah, we can. Well, we can bring. We can bring this cat in. Come here. Come here. This is this is my family's cat. Uh, this is one, one of my family's cat. Cat's meowing like crazy. Yeah. Hold on. I'll pick her up. Um. <laughs> yeah. Cause she really likes to be pet and help. So come here. So this is this is uh, this is Dottie. She's gonna be saying farewell. Uh, this is very professional quality is to sign off with the animal what do you think Dot? you like the show there we there you go. go we love you dot thank you daughter so she is uh, gonna say farewell from our animal animal kingdom and our sponsors here uh, make sure you love animals because they are different than us and they very much could have the political views to pull us through whatever we're going through right now yeah. so. Uh, Thank you for, yeah, like Sam said, thank you for listening to this show. There's going to be a lot more, and we are going to keep cranking them out until me or Sam hits a point where we become adults that are too busy. And one day
1: we will figure out what disambiguous means.
0: We will, but that is not for today's show. So have a great night, and uh, sleep well wherever you live.
1: Merry Boxing Day.
0: Merry Boxing Day.
1: Goodbye.